Support for Elwood City Limits is brought to you by Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter. At ECL Podcast. Tumblr. ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. And Gmail. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. And from listeners like you. Thank you. And my free time. Got to get that in there. Da 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 da, da 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 da, or or a different flavor for you is love and marriage, love and marriage. Remember that show from the nineties? Go together like a horse and carriage. Oh my goodness! This, yeah, brother, uh, you can't have one without the other. You know a lot more about married with children than I do. That's like the best part of that show. I was never a fan of Married with Children. All I know about Married with Children is like, is, is there like a Simpsons parody of Married with Children or something? I feel like I've seen more parodies of Married with Children than the actual show. Uh, I mean, the only one I remember is from The Simpsons where, it, where it's like, uh, I don't even remember what it was. I just remember a couple of shows of its time uh, definitely poked fun at it. Anyway, speaking of love and or marriage, it's been a big week for my co-host, Will. Well, that's right, Lucas. Uh, You know, one of the things that, or two of the things that have happened in my life in the last couple weeks is that, one, I've moved back into the city where you and I live, Halifax. Uh, So we are in the same place, although not in the same physical space. And the second thing is, yeah, I, uh, I I got engaged and... I'm very, very happy about it, and thank you very much for your, uh, for your congratulations. Appreciate that. Oh, no problem. I'm glad that you're happy. I'm happy too, and one of those reasons is because we're back again another week, another episode of Arthur, because of course we're the Episodic Arthur Podcast. What's the show called, Will? It's called Elwood City Limits. That's right, the Episodic Arthur Podcast. Uh, a little bit of, uh, uh, I won't lie to you, a little bit of mic difficulties on my end. You know, it's been... It's been a long time since I've, you know, about two or two weeks or so since I've even watched an Arthur episode, taken notes on an Arthur episode, uh, since I've posted an image to our social media, since I posted almost anything to our social media. So you'll forgive me if I'm a little rusty, but uh, nothing knocks out the cobwebs better than just uh, getting back to it. So happy to do that. Uh, my name is Will Young, and with me, as always, is Lucas Mancini. Any new developments in your life, Lucas? <laughs> no, it's same old, same old for me. I will say, uh, me and my girlfriend have been watching CNN series The 90s. Uh, and you know how I always talk about how Arthur sort of acts as like a Nostradamus. Like, for some reason, these episodes we go back and watch from the early 90s always seem to tie in with what's currently going on. Well, it's happened again because uh, it wasn't just a couple of days ago that we were watching the episode of the 90s all about the Clinton years. And it was uh, uncanny to see the Arthurized version of former President Clinton uh, represented in this episode that we're about to talk about. Yes, and I can't I can't wait. Uh, but of course, in our absence, we do have an email that uh, floated our way, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. It's from Nancy from Salt Lake City, Utah, one of our American listeners, appropriately enough, for this episode. She hasn't written SLC, a SLC, SLC, represent. Uh, 
Thank you very much for your kind words, Nancy. Appreciate that. Uh, here's her quick feedback on the latest episode, which was Lost. It's actually one of her personal favorites of all time. She watched it in her teens when it aired. She likes it because she related to it because her first year of high school. I'll read it from her perspective right now. I related to it since my first year of high school. I had to take the public bus, not one, but two public buses, in order to get back home on a daily basis. One of my worries was getting lost and not knowing what to do. Seeing this Arthur episode made me more at ease uh, those first years of taking the bus. It's a great episode to show kids or even teens who may have to take a bus or even a subway train by themselves and how this type of scenario can actually happen, but how to overcome it like Arthur did. Minus the uh, squid people, of course. Yeah, that now, now kids, don't believe everything you see on TV. Squid people, I've yet to see one. Uh, on a public bus, so keep that in mind. Uh, we, she also wants to say, I know one, you guys said that you started to dislike the brain. That made me smile, the reason being that I really like brain. To me, he becomes such a jerk, yet very hilarious throughout this season and beyond. Uh, you guys also mentioned how Mr. Ratburn in this latest episode seemed to get more character than just being a teacher. I think if you guys keep going with this podcast, you'll be happy to know that in the latest season, there's a Ratburn episode that continues to give him more character. And I love that the writers will do that for him even after all these years. It's uh, She says it's season 20, episode 5. My goodness, 20 seasons of Arthur and and counting, it seems. And finally, her most anticipated episode for us to cover is one called Bleep. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, Nancy, thank you <laughs> I, very I think much for I, I think I've seen uh, YouTube poops of the Bleep episode, but never the episode itself. So that's what <laughs> I'm excited for as well. That's a phenomenon I've run into before of seeing the YouTube poop of something before seeing <laughs> the actual episode or movie. That's And it's it kind of ruins the movie, but also kind of makes it better. Uh, th so thank you very much, Nancy. Uh, I mean, we'll have to see how the brain's character evolves and what we think of him as we go along. Not much of the brain in these two episodes today. So, Lucas, this is one that you and I have been anticipating. I'm sure many others have been anticipating it as well. It's DW Goes to Washington. Like I, like I said, uh, I, it's been a slick willy week for me. A lot of Billy Clinton, uh, more than I expected to be packed into one week. Well, well, we'll we'll talk a little bit about whether or not this president is indeed Bill Clinton, but it actually starts off appropriately with D.W. The cold open is Arthur on the swing set, and he says D.W. Uh, doesn't like to have fun unless they're doing something that she wants to do. And the translation here for this cold opening is that D.W. is just kind of a jerk unless she gets her way. <laughs> uh, we, we see the example here of they're in the park, and she kind of is sitting down refusing to have fun unless they do what she wants to do, which is go to the movies. And Arthur even thinks that she would do this at uh, in situations where you couldn't help but be excited. Yeah, like Arthur pontificates that even if they were to be deep-sea explorers a la James Cameron, they would, uh, if even if they came across the fictional Atlantis, the lost continent of Atlantis, DW would say, I didn't want to go to Atlantis, I would go home. Which, in Arthur's imaginary scenario, uh, DW is the one who knows how to pilot the sea craft. And so Arthur, I guess, drowns or something? Because <laughs> Arthur says, you need to control the controls. Uh, 
Also, it's kind of a strange interpretation of the Atlantis myth because I was always under the impression that Atlantis used to be a city and then it sunk into the sea and everybody who lived there died. But in the Arthur universe, it seems like it's inhabited by some sort of sea people, very much like the DC universe Atlantis. Yeah, it's more of like a... Or like Atlantica from The Little Mermaid. It's more of a mm. underwater paradise. And uh, I I will note here, DW says she never wanted to see the lost condiments of Atlantis. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, she instead of the lost continent of Atlantis, as Arthur <laughs> purports. Uh, so the episode begins with Dad saying that he's got... Uh, uh, f- a free weekend with no catering jobs, so they should uh, go somewhere for the weekend. And Arthur is about to pipe up and say something, and Mom quickly shuts him down saying, other than Bionic Bunny Playland. So Bionic Bunny is... This is pretty interesting because Bionic Bunny, kind of the um, the analog for Superman in this, in this series, but he is popular enough to warrant his own amusement park, I guess? Yeah, I guess, like... The, uh, they couldn't just have like a universal studios where there's like the bionic bunny coaster and what was the batman equivalent it was like oh what was he called oh dark bunny dark bunny that's right there's like a dark bunny coaster whatever the arthur version of the hulk would be um and but it's interesting because here in in our world the the superheroes all kind of conglomerate conglomerate into one like uh uh universal studios has its islands of adventure and those have like the marvel uh people uh i know that there's a superman ride on i think maybe in universal but i'm not 100% on that one hmm. actually it might be like six flags whichever one has the warner brothers license i think that's universal i think you're correct Okay, uh, but yeah, uh, it's a, a, a symbol of his popularity, but I guess they're not going to go to Bionic Bunny Playland, wherever that may be. Uh, so Arthur instead suggests Washington because he and his class have been learning about politics recently. And uh, we get a well, – this is a, not only uh, an Arthur meme, but it's also this – is, uh, this is prime cut. This is farm-raised um, – uh, free free range grain fed all american dad joke he, i was the, gonna say if i i hadn't seen it as a meme before but if this isn't already one this is primo meme material uh, he's he says that's a capital idea and then sp- spends the next several seconds uh both recovering from mom groaning at it and trying to explain it to arthur which is ooh, it's it's uh, it's kissing emoji, circle emoji. Uh, it's primo. Uh, now, that's Arthur's idea, but they decide they want to take it to a vote, and we cut to DW at the TV, and she's watching a commercial for a place called Ponyland. Which has got a very catchy song, I have to say. It kind of slaps. Yeah, I'll have to put it in right about here. You've got to go to Ponyland. Yeah, so did you I noticed this when I was listening it kind of, since mom has the line right before Ponyland the jingle starts it kind of sounds like it's mom's voice actor singing oh. the song. I I didn't pick up on that. I wonder if that's uh if that's one of her talents is being able to sing the Ponyland theme song. But uh yeah, Ponyland is uh, pretty much uh another amusement park where three or more ponies will entertain you. 
<laughs> and Genuine, apparently, <laughs> will also be there. No, Genuine is like he's got that Celine Dion deal for Ponyland where he like exactly. plays three times a day uh, from Monday to Friday. But he just sings Pony, none of his other songs. It's just uh, 24 hours of... Exactly. So DW's obvious pick is Ponyland. Um, but Arthur is skeptical because the last time she picked something, it was a big old bust. And we get a uh, memory of her wanting to go to Santa's Igloo during the summer. Which- this is like such a crazy original idea. Like it, it doesn't seem like it's a parody of a real thing. This was just like a joke the writers came up with. It's yeah. very out of left field. Like I've never heard of anything like this before. Yeah, it's really it's quite strange because it's all about visiting Santa during the summer and sharing a Sunday with him. The yeah, and- it's the the tagline is where Santa se- spends the summer. So DW really wants to go and see Santa. But they they drive to wherever it is, and on the way they see a sign that says "Share a Sunday with Santa and his friendly reindeer." But when they get there, it's funny because this is this this whole thing is incredibly low rent, and it just raised a really big red flag for me because as you like, they kind of zoom out and show you what it is. It's basically a house, uh, like in a in a suburb with a little bit of a. A, like a a wooden front to it that looks like an igloo and Santa comes out and he's only half in costume and the reindeer comes out not wearing its head and the the whole the whole joke is that like the he, Santa's like didn't you bring me a sunday how can you <laughs> share a sunday with Santa if you don't bring a sunday to Santa so it's this really chintzy operation and my biggest question was how did this guy get the money together to like make TV commercials for this? This looks as low rent as you read about. I, I'm assuming he like invested money with the mob or something Goodfellas style. Do you remember that guy in Goodfellas who spends all his money on the TV commercial and then doesn't pay back Robert De Niro? So Robert De Niro starts choking him with the phone. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's like that. So you're saying Santa Claus is going to get choked by Robert De Niro. Uh, or a Robert De Niro, the Arthur version of Robert De Niro, whatever that may look like. Probably just Robert De Niro with like bear ears. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it, it's it was a big bust, so they're kind of not exactly keen to do it. But DW is not budging and brings up basically ponies in every conversation she has for what I'm going to assume is the rest of the week before they leave. Uh, DW's delivery where she's bringing up these ponies is amazing. Like whenever somebody is, every time somebody brings up, it seems like just about anything. DW just has this very monotone, like pony, pony. It's almost like she's a Pokemon and her name is pony. Cause that's all she says. Yeah, absolutely. And like Washington has lots of great things in it. I don't see any ponies. (laughs) There's another great one where Arthur kind of comes in, and I've definitely seen this in meme form as well. Uh, You know, Washington is where the president lives, and she says, I don't care about the president. I care about ponies. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, man, this could be a tweet in 2017, and it would get a lot of retweets. I'm sure. I feel like maybe it already has, but uh, (laughs) uh, Dad's eventual compromise is that if, if they go to where Arthur suggested this time, she can pick the next trip, which she agrees to. But she tries to angle it so that she can get a pony out of the deal. And uh, I like this because Dad has the same reaction 
to DW getting a pony as I do toward like whenever my fiance, I need to get used to saying that whenever mm. my fiance is like, we should get a cat or we should get a dog just a flat. No, <laughs> just no, not going to happen. So DW is already kind of being a bit of a pain on the drive up. And I will say you mentioned DW has some great lines. This is a really good DW episode. But again, it's one of those where, like, if you don't like DW, this isn't going to change your mind. If you love her, then you will love this episode, because there are a lot of her. There are lots of cuts of her being really, really stick in the mud, and I know that that <laughs> can really get on people's nerves. Though I do think in this episode more so than others, where you've had that. Well, not you personally having that complaint, but pointing that out. If you're turned off by DW, it's not an episode for you. I feel like she is redeemed a little bit more in this episode than she has been in episodes prior. But we'll get to that. Yeah, big time. Uh, so as they're going on the drive, uh, they kind of keep passing by ponies, and I love Dad just has the. This is gonna be a long ride. Uh, mom tries to take her uh, her mind off it, but then she just starts naming the ponies they come across with such names as Blaze, Scout, Cherry, Stumpy, Dasher, Dancer, and Vixie. These would not be standout names in the Triple Crown. If you ever look up actual like horse <laughs> names, it's always something like uh, Bill's One Shot or... I spent all my money and all I got was this pony. Like, it's always something really out of left field. If you're reading this horse, it's already too late. Exactly. <laughs> I bet on that one. Uh, yeah, it's the, these names are certainly no American pharaoh. Uh, now we're over to D.C. I, had a, I have a question for any of our D.C. area listeners. Uh, if you live in the D.C. area, can you confirm or deny, like, the opening shot of D.C. is, like, this clogged, highway turnpike and i just want to know is the traffic in dc especially bad like is this a joke that lands if you live in the dc area i i just thought they were trying to show it was a bustling city i didn't even consider that that might be what they were trying to say it went from bustling to like it's clearly just showing a traffic jam and i'm like i wonder if the dc traffic is really this bad i don't know Hmm. could be a joke could be what you say though so i would love to have more insight on this so Arthur is immediately uh, taken with the fact like he really wants to go to the White House and he really wants to meet the president. And of course, this is where we get our first shot of uh, the president, because um, in Arthur's fantasy, it's exactly the same as he is in um, in real life. Uh, so his first fantasy is him meeting the president and him. The president immediately knows that Arthur is the same Arthur Reed that won the spelling bee. And uh, did a piano solo at the spring recital. Okay, so the president here, immediately, so this was made in the mid-90s when Bill Clinton was still in office. So, so and, and do we know yeah. the exact air date of this episode? Um, No, and unfortunately... It's like, 90, it's like 94 or something, No, right? no, it's not 94. It's 90... I believe it's 97. I want to say 97. Oh, man. Or late okay. 96. So, yeah, either way, we're still into the Clinton years. For um, sure. This is Clinton's second term at this point. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's, he's clearly physically modeled after Bill Clinton. Like, it's inescapable, the, like the white hair and just kind of the way that he looks. However, his voice, so I'll give you the, I'll ki- kind of give you the reading of, uh, you know, uh, you know, Arthur Reed, Mr. President. The same Arthur Reed that won the, sp- the spelling bee and also... 
uh, did the. I'm making him kind of sound like an idiot, but uh, and also did the piano, the piano recital. <laughs> hey, I've, al- a- I've always wanted to meet you. Your impression of this voice actor's impression of Bill Clinton sounds like Hank Hill. That's it, but that's that's what I was getting to. Is that I yeah. think that this they they make the voice is Hank Hill. Like that's I, it, I really I think it just might be a really bad Bill Clinton impression. I I don't think they were going for anything else. I think they were just like they're really trying to play up the slick Willie accent, that Southern tone that he sometimes has, and I think they just kind of. Didn't really do it very well. Yeah, trying to keep keep him like legally distinct from the Clinton family, but also not exactly capturing the voice as well as they could have. So it does it does end up sounding like President Hank Hill, even though he looks nothing like Hank Hill. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Arthur is immediately hoping that the president will know exactly who he is. Um, so again, DW very much being a stick in the mud, but I did I did like a couple of lines here. It's, one when they're in the car and they're looking for a place to park, she just says, "Maybe if we maybe if we walk enough, we'll be so tired we won't notice how bored we are." <laughs> I didn't even notice her saying that. I got to use that. She's they, sa- she's sassy. They check out the Washington Monument, and this shows how much I know about like the American, uh, how much I know about Washington D.C. Basically, because I had no idea that the Washington Monument was hollow, and yet you could walk up it. I thought it was just like full of stone. And you could just look at it. I didn't know it was like a tourist attraction where you could go inside and that there was windows at the top. I had no idea. Well, it sounds like only one of us has seen Spider-Man Homecoming. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) The Washington Monument is a big part of that movie. So, uh, and you can definitely tell in that movie, it is indeed hollow and uh, tours are a big part of it. Uh, But since they're in the Washington Monument, Arthur gets the idea that he can maybe... Uh, the president will ask him to redesign Washington because in kind of response to something DW says, some people don't get the point. (laughs) So as Arthur becomes chief engineer in redesigning, not just the Washington monument, but all of Washington. So he redesigns the Washington monument with like a twisty water slide. And my favorite, he re he instates the burger and shake memorial which is a fountain that has statues of burger and a hamburger and a milkshake, which I'm not sure why it's a memorial because I don't think anybody died to make that happen. It's a memorial to all those who suffer from diabetes. I suppose so. And then Arthur gets awarded a uh, a medal, a presidential medal uh, for his work. Um, They eventually end up at the Lincoln Memorial and DW, DW, I like this. She, which and this is totally a question I could see a girl her age asking. Like, uh, was he the only giant president? Because of course the Lincoln <laughs> Memorial is really, really big, and it's like mom corrects her and just like he wasn't a giant. The statue is much bigger than he is. Just like, great. The one interesting thing, and it's a fake. <laughs> at this point, fake news. DW's complaining about fake news in DC. Uh, at this point, uh, DW is kind of, or I should say dad is kind of like, can't you just enjoy this? And I feel like if I was this pessimistic for this amount of the trip at this point, my mother probably would have smacked me. She would have been like, (laughs) we paid good money. We paid good money to come to Washington. So enjoy it or store shut up essentially. Yeah. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Pretty much. And so I'm surprised that DW is getting away with it the way that she is. They finally go into the, 
the White House, and this is where I remembered that if the flag is up, that means the president is in. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, same here. I wonder if that works works the same with um. Oh, what's it called? Oh, this is bad. I don't remember the address of the. Uh, oh, geez, Will. Oh man. Um, oh the oh the address of our prime minister. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, this is gonna kill oh, me. I don't remember I, it either. Do you not remember? I'm gonna Google it. Uh, you keep talking. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So here in Canada, we don't have a, a president. We have a prime minister, and there's a very well known. Uh, address for where their um, where their office and their home is that they stay, and we're really blanking yeah. on it. Oh, I, I, you're gonna kick yourself when you hear this. And they, oh, totally. so they like just how Americans refer to the White House as like, oh, it's the White House, it's this known thing. Twenty four Sussex Drive, right? Or uh, usually just referred to as Twenty Four Sussex is where everybody knows where the Prime Minister lives, and that, every new Prime Minister always moves there. That's right. It's Twenty Four Sussex Drive. In Ottawa, Ontario, which is the center of our country, so they're so they're uh, going embarking on a White House tour, and uh, Arthur's now fantasizing that maybe he and the president can be friends, uh, and he imagines them playing mini golf on the White House mini golf course, which I'm sure it totally has, and uh, the president coming down to Elwood City, and Arthur beating him in a soda drinking contest. Arthur doesn't strike me as one of those people that were complaining that Obama golfed too much. Like, Arthur seems to think that the purpose of the president is to hang out with him. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't even understand why Arthur's so excited. Maybe it's just because it's the president and he's, like, famous. But that seems all Arthur really wants to get out of this whole trip is like, oh, what if I met the president and we could chill? Yeah. <laughs> and and it really is a... You know, it's, this president is very much Bill Clinton in form mm. and in fashion, but it yeah. did remind it did remind me a bit of uh, reminded me a bit of uh, Obama and how he was kind of uh, the president who you who would go down to like different events and like uh, be seen a bit like our our current prime minister Justin Trudeau. It's funny that you bring that up though, because after, like I said earlier, we've been watching the '90s, and not only is there an episode about Bill Clinton, there's an episode about his predecessor, George Bush Senior. Oh. And it's funny this episode very much is a product of its time, because I don't think Arthur would be having George Bush Senior, though he may have been a very good president, especially when it comes to foreign policy. Uh, he most certainly wasn't the most personable president in terms of like a guy i'd want to hang out with and play mini golf with he doesn't really strike me as that kind of cat so i don't see arthur having those same fantasies about george bush senior i especially don't see him having them about like let's say ronald reagan no definitely not i mean of the presidents during this show's tenure uh not many episodes have been made to pretty much make the president out to be a complete old codger like in the episode of the simpsons where george hw bush moves across the street from uh the simpsons that's a good one that's one of my favorites i love that episode uh, it's so funny watching the 90s like everything i knew about the election with bob dole i knew from that simpsons episode <laughs> where like they right. get kidnapped by aliens and he's like i'm bob dole <laughs> Twirling, twirling, twirling <laughs> towards freedom. That's all I could think about. Classic. Um, back to Arthur now. Uh, so they're taking the White House tour, and DW gets another couple good lines in here. I liked to, uh, because uh, she's kind of trying to look into doors and uh, just basic, just basically just trying to do something else other than take the tour. And she says, "We could have just stayed home and locked each other out of the bathroom. That would have been fun for a while." <laughs> 
And I also liked when she's just looking into doors and Arthur's trying to get her not to make trouble. She she says, "I'm just trying to find the government." And I uh, like there's it. a oops, uh, there's a line earlier where they're getting a tour of uh, I think like Congress or something, and the tour guide has like the voice of Droopy, uh, and D.W. asks him where all the horses are or if there's any like books about horses no no they're not looking at congress excuse me they're looking at like the uh uh the library that's in the white it, house it, I forget yeah, it's what it's the, called the, li- the library of congress you had it you the had library it right. of congress uh and so uh dw asks if there's any books about ponies uh, and he says i don't know and again arthur sort of playing nostradamus for a moment uh dw goes you're fired <laughs> you might be looking a little bit too hard into that one it's a tad uncanny though you've got to admit dc you're fired the president golfing it's all connected will i look between the lines i think we see what we want to see (laughs) uh so dw is kind of trying uh you know essentially is saying that you know everybody's afraid of getting in trouble and there are too many rules in the white house so she walks into a door she's not supposed to and then ends up locking herself out and gets herself a little bit lost. Uh, Arthur's afraid that when she gets lost, she'll find her way to the president and then uh, kind of work his way, work her way into his inner sanctum and start laying down new laws. And we get a imagination. If this this episode was a nineties kids movie, the line that Arthur says in this moment would be in the trailer because he almost turns to the camera and goes, Oh no, DW's loose in the white house. We're doomed. <laughs> yeah, that is an excellent trailer line. You're right. Uh, and Arthur's imagination is that she will pass the DW law, which makes it illegal to own a, or excuse me, which makes it illegal to not own a pony. And also she tacks on a rider at the end of that bill. And she says the national anthem has been changed to crazy bus. <laughs> I thought this was phenomenal. I thought this was really... Uh, you could tell that I'm a big fan of political humor. Uh, and so this stuff, like, all really tickled my funny bone. I thought this was hilarious. Yeah. Um, there's another great line here after the imagination there. Um, t- so they they ask the, uh, the Secret Service for help to find DW. And she sees them all kind of running around looking for her. And she says... Um, how does the line go? Um, she she's just saying like if the, if those guys weren't so busy, then they could help me look for the president. Uh, you know, daddy dad uh, daddy's always complaining about the government and how they don't do anything. So that kind of gives us a little bit of a sneak peek into maybe the political uh the political machinations of Dave Reed. I think we've talked about that. In an I know episode. it was one of our first emails we ever got. I uh, pontificated whether or not Dave Reed would have been a libertarian. <laughs> and it looks like that's all coming home to roost because like, <laughs> this is the biggest clue we've ever gotten towards his political leanings. It sounds like he's either a Republican or just anti big government, which is really, it's just kind of a strange joke to make it a kid's show, but I got a huge kick out of it. Yeah. So I, so perhaps D- uh, Dave Reed, a little bit, of a, a libertarian or at least a libertarian sympathist sympathizer excuse me uh f- a funny exchange here with one of the, like one of the guards and with uh dad he says her name is dw and he just says that's it initials you didn't give the kid a full name and he just kind of shrugs i wonder if this is before we knew dw st- stood for dora winifred 
I don't think so. I think that that's been. I'm sure that they said that at least once in the first season, but uh, mm. so it's kind of silly that he didn't have any answer for him. But I also <laughs> just thought it was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. So the as they're looking for her, DW finds a painting of a of um, like a general on a horse. I couldn't exactly tell you what it is, but uh, I'm sure it's reminiscent of of a painting. And unbeknownst to DW, oh, it's I think it's George Washington on a horse. I think oh, it's okay. a very famous yeah gotcha. picture in the White House. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so she, uh, unwittingly runs into the president who kind of, kind of plays it cool. Uh, I remember liking this when I was a kid of just, (laughs) you don't say Bill Clinton playing it cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she says, do you work here? And he says, I've worked here for a couple years now. And, uh, (laughs) and he'll point out the horse pictures on the way as he, as he takes her back to her family. Uh, and she thinks that he's just a tour guide, but as they're on their way out, her and her family, uh, he gets the Secret Service to stop them, and he's he's uh, he's ordered himself some presidential pizza, and he's got plenty to go around, so he invites the Reed family into his private dining room for a little dinner. I feel like we're watching a scene out of, like, Wag the Dog or something. It's just so accurate to the Bill Clinton mythos. Yeah, and interesting here is that this, you would think that if he had any, like if we had ourselves like a Hillary or if they had any kids, they'd be in this scene, but no sign of any uh, first lady or uh, presidential Mm. kids. Uh, And I also did like how the pizza box came came with the presidential seal on it, so they must have gotten their in-house cooks to whip them up something. Yeah, in all the scenes where Arthur's imagining hanging out with the president, they add the presidential seal in a bunch of weird places. Like when they're golfing, it's on his golf shirt, which is to be expected. But also when they're drinking milkshakes at the diner, he's got a special like presidential seal pint glass. Right. That's right. I forgot about that. I mean, hey, as long as you can get the iron on or the sticker, like you might as well put that on everything. Um, I also like how, you know, in his mind, Arthur has built up his meeting the president as being like him being very grown up and distinguished. But when he meets him, he can't help but gush like Arthur's just like, I won the spelling bee and I did the piano piece at the spring recital. And the president's like, very nice. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Just Arthur immediately crumbling and just uh, fanboying out about the president. Uh Perhaps the best DW line of this whole episode is, uh, you know, Arthur says, I bet you'd vote for him if you were old enough, right, DW? And she says, no, I have to learn how he stands on the issues. I'm not going to vote for him just because he showed me some pictures of horses. DW, an undecided voter, truly the Ken Bone of the Arthur universe. Oh, I definitely rank her higher than Ken Bone. She's definitely a, I would say this is almost a Leslie Nope kind of move. This is a very uh, informed decision by a four-year-old. I certainly wasn't I, that forward thinking. That's true. I guess I didn't see it that way. Uh, so I, I love that line. And as we end the episode, they're driving back home. Arthur is very excited to tell everyone that he met the president. DW says you can tell them that you met too, because now she wants to be president as well. And she wants to pass a couple of laws like a pony for every family, make the national anthem anthem easier to dance to and institute national little sisters rule day. Uh, Lucas, if you were going to change the national anthem to be something that people could dance to, what would you change it to? Uh, oh man, you're putting me on the spot, Will. 
Um, geez, what would I change the national anthem to that people could dance to? Well, I guess uh, it depends on the dance. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could change it to like EXO Tour Life or something. That's true. That would be a pretty depressing national anthem, though. Jeez, um, <laughs> sure. you really caught me off guard with this one. I'm drawing. What, why what do you have something what about in mind? To, something like "Shut Up and Dance" by Walk the Moon. Oh my gosh! No, no, no! Thank you. You don't like you don't like that song? No, and I I would like it even less if I had to like sing it every day in front of a classroom. <laughs> Good point, I guess. So, okay, so uh, keep keep thinking about it. If you if, if if you if you come up with something, I'd love to hear it before the end of the episode. Here, okay, "Night Moves" by Bob Seger. <laughs> uh, is Bob Seger Canadian or is he American? Uh, it doesn't matter. Don't know either way. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's American. Do I have to pick a Canadian? I guess it's got to be like, oh, I don't know, uh, "Know Yourself" by Drake. <laughs> Okay, I mean, hey, could could certainly be could certainly be worse picks than than those. So, uh, America, your new national anthem is "Night Moves" by Bob Seger. I have a couple <laughs> of friends who would be really stoked about that. It's a it's a lot longer than the current national anthem, but man, it would be pretty hype at arena shows and like sporting events. Like Bob Seger would be getting a lot of work. Yeah, they would they would have to like find out some new way to get him royalties that isn't like essentially giving him a money vault <laughs> i'm sure he'd clean up so that's dw goes to washington and we move into our second story of the episode okay so i on the last episode of this podcast i did not i missed the um the full name of this episode i said that it was arthur's mystery to which i was like i'm not even sure what this is but it turns out it's arthur's mystery envelope and once i got that word in there i knew exactly what this episode was i will say uh this episode of all the episodes we've watched has the most generic opening sentence from arthur ever he goes sometimes stuff happens (laughs) sometimes stuff does happen and you're not sure if they'll turn out good or bad i thought this whole thing was uh a little bit of a generic softball in order to kind of because the whole idea is like you're not sure if things are turning out good or bad, and there's a bunch of things happening in the cafeteria that has eventually become like a almost like a Rube Goldberg device of things happening. Like uh, Francine is teaching Sue Ellen how to uh, swing a baseball bat, but it's a ruler. Uh, Rattles and Binky are arm wrestling. Monk- Muffy's doing her makeup. Buster's eating, and then it all kind of interacts with each other. Of just like uh, Rattles flings some mashed potatoes. Sue Ellen hits it into Buster's spoon and Muffy has to duck and and just like looks like everything turned out okay. But then it's all meant to be shaken up because the big surprise of the cold open is that Arthur gets called into the office. I will say uh, before we get into Arthur getting called to the office, this whole opening sequence reminded me of there's a sequence from the anime Nishiju, excuse me, uh, where there's a very similar uh, set of events that play out where someone's eating a hot dog and it kind of slips between their chopsticks and bounces all over the room in a similar fashion to this mashed potatoes. Very much, very much physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Arthur gets the dreaded call into the office. Now, <laughs> my fiance and I were talking about this recently. Uh, did you, when somebody got called into the office when you were a kid, did everybody go like, ooh? 
Not even when I was a kid. I remember that was happening when I was in like high school. A friend of mine accidentally broke a plate in uh, the university's cafeteria because we'd go eat it at the university cafeteria next door. And when he broke a plate, all these people who are in their adult years went, ooh. <laughs> so some things people never grow out of. I guess that's true. So uh, the episode starts with Arthur getting a manila envelope from the principal's office and every. All of his friends are trying to figure out what exactly could be in it. Uh, and it must be big because Arthur was called into the office and it's not like Principal Haney gives kids letters all the time. Binky says that it might be because he flunked Ratburn's big history test and that might mean he's going back to he's going to summer school. And we get a little cutaway here and another chance for the the animators to kind of flex their muscle because they get to do a little bit of an, a wizard of Oz parody as Arthur is stuck in summer school. And, uh, I realize now bring up David Lynch a lot on this, this, uh, the show, but, uh, <laughs> you don't say, yeah, but I found this a little Lynchian in its own way of just Ratburn looming over him and just like slowly licking an ice cream cone as Arthur is just making his way through uh, summer homework. And then it turns into the Wizard of Oz because Arthur looks outside and we get a bit of the tornado scene from when Dorothy hits her head of all of his friends doing all the summer things he can't do. And uh, my fiance loved this one. She's, uh, Buster comes by and he says, you know what they say, Arthur? Those who fail history are doomed to repeat it. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's not wrong. It's true. And then it ends with kind of instead of Dorothy's house slamming into the ground, it's the whole school off of its roots. Uh, so Arthur is, of course, of course, he's very worried about what this could mean. Um, people are kind of giving their ideas of what he could do in order to, um, to avoid giving it to his mother. Uh, like maybe throwing it into the washing machine and then having her find it later. Uh, which I he, think that's Francine's idea. I think of yeah. all the suggestions, that's the best one because it doesn't seem suspicious. You could be like, oh, sorry, I it's kind of big for this, but it's like, oh, sorry, I left it in my pants. I meant to give it to you. So it kind of removes any idea that you maliciously uh, hid it from your parents. But at the same time, it gets it all wet so they can't read it. Yeah, I just feel like in that in that scenario, they would just get mad at you for forgetting it and not giving it to them in the first place. Like, hey, better than them getting like Mr. Haiti being like, didn't you give it to her? And then them realizing I threw it in the sewer. That's true. The uh, So M Muffy's idea is to leave it in a book and return it to the library. But B but Brain's idea is to drop it into a storm sewer and we get a little bit of a, a POV, excuse me, of the envelope as it makes its way through the sewer system into the Pacific Ocean and then trade winds take it all the way to China. Now, this part of the cutaway has stumped me ever since I was a kid. So it goes I, all the way. This, yeah. this is probably the least PC I've ever seen Arthur get. It's been pretty good up until now, but this vision of China, of 20th century China, uh, is a little bit dated, I think. Yes, it's like it's somebody working in like the rice fields essentially and you know in like traditional chinese garb with like a sickle yes and you know she says in chinese a note from principal haney and then lets it go and just says ew and i have no idea what she's saying you about even well maybe it's like a mr we've talked about principal haney's merchandising opportunities maybe it's a mr sparkle thing where like principal haney is big in china 
oh, maybe that's it. Maybe she knows exactly who Principal Haney is. And then re- and then puts two and two together, and it's the the musical or the cultural icon that is hashtag Haney. <laughs> Good old hashtag Haney. Uh, so as Arthur goes home and his friends kind of wish him luck, even though it's just like, you know, best, you know, good luck, Arthur, even though you're going to get in trouble for what you did. And he's like, I didn't do anything, though. Uh, Arthur starts to play the game that we all play when we don't want to tell our parents something that we got in trouble for. Of Just like, you know, Principal Haney said that it was the envelope was for mom. He didn't say that I had to give it to her. Like, he's just trying to figure out how whatever way he can both fulfill the implicit idea of what Principal Haney had for him without getting in trouble. I mean, he's not uh, wrong. It's solid logic. I mean, sort of. It's it's the, that kind of kid logic that, you know, if you don't look <laughs> at it, if you don't squint at it, then you could probably get away with. But uh, I'm not sure it'd hold up in court if you follow me. DW, I, find, I found this funny. Like, Arthur kind of has it on the table. and Or he takes it out of his backpack, and DW just immediately sees it from the doorway, just like, was like, what's that? And, of course... Arthur can't have it out to breathe for five seconds before DW is just like, hey, what you got there? She begins accosting <laughs> him. And Arthur begins to lie, and he lies like he's an L.A. noir character. Like, the way he's cartoonishly, like, looking around, it's bizarre. It's, yeah, it's, yeah just like, uh, uh, nothing. I wish I wish you could see my facial expressions, but just, like, going all over the place of just, like, Arthur being mo-capped for his role in L.A. noir. Just, in fact, DW, he's so worried about it. DW doesn't even have to press that much. He kind of just gives up the goods immediately. That's right. He's like, it's an envelope I'm supposed to give to Bob. Right. And uh, he, he, I mean, Arthur's never been had a very good poker face. Although I do like DW's line of questioning where she gets a little existential. She's she's She asks him, are you worried that, you'll be too, that one day you'll be too old for birthday presents? Or are you scared that there really is a boogeyman and he's hiding under your bed and he's waiting for the one night that you don't check? <laughs> really getting up in his grill with the big questions. Uh, so, But you're right. He does eventually crack and tell her what it is as far as he knows what it is um, and is very agitated. Uh, Mom comes in from working at the office that day. And we get her in her office attire, which we don't normally see very much. Uh, She is waiting on a call or just waiting to contact somebody named Herb. And that kind of becomes the theme of this episode. She's trying to get in touch with somebody named Herb. Uh, And DW is trying to tell her that, you know, Arthur's in trouble or he's got like a a letter he wants to give her. But mom's had a a long day and she doesn't want to really hear any of it. Arthur's envelope gets mixed in with the mail and she almost reads it as she's on the phone, but then it accidentally goes into the trash. And uh, it's this really tense scene with, like, you know, this kind of tense thriller music as, you know, she gets closer to reading it, and Arthur's like, <laughs> um, Yeah, it's we, a, it's a yeah. really great sting. Like, you see her hand hover over the uh, envelope, and then it, like, goes to something else. Uh, I did like how DW comes in the room, and she just proclaims in this very obvious voice, Arthur, did you tell mom about all the trouble you're in? It's very performative, yeah. Um, I also thought that since, you know, we know where this episode goes, uh, she's talking to somebody named Leah. Mom is talking to somebody named Leah on the phone. And um, it's it's somebody that Herb works with. And I wondered if Leah might be Mrs. Tingley. 
Ooh, Leah Tingley. Yeah. So I thought if you know if it unless it's a character we've never seen before, it'd be kind of neat if you tied it in uh, to it being Miss Tingley, especially because she's like the principal's aide. It seems. Uh, so Arthur manages to go through dinner and the rest of the night without uh, being found out. Uh, DW still trying to get him in trouble. Before he goes to bed that night, he's watching TV with Dad and DW, and they're watching. <laughs> They're watching a show, which I'm very glad that they named, because I would have a heck of a time coming up with this. It's uh, two cats, two of these white cats, and they're surrounded by hearts, and they are meowing. Um, oh gosh, what is that? What is that tune? I didn't even notice the song they were meowing, but well, DW's got some great commentary. She does a quick like AV Club style review of this television program, in which she says. Oh, should I spoil the name of it now? Go ahead. Go ahead. The Those karaoke kittens are crazy. Yeah, a little, puts a little Lucas on it. Um, the only thing I'm thinking of for that musical tune is that it's the same as the the Floss Your Teeth song. Oh. But it's, floss, it, floss, floss your teeth. It's Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Yeah, okay. So they're meowing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And I'll I'll see if I can put it in here. Yeah, and so it's karaoke kittens, and it seems to be the same. What did they call those things where, you know, those whole CDs they would have of just cats and dogs uh, meowing or barking along to, like, Christmas songs? Oh, my goodness. I haven't heard about one of those in forever. The closest thing that we have to that these days is, like, Meow the Jewels. Yes, that's right. I haven't listened to that yet. It's okay. Yeah, I imagine, I imagine that that joke maybe gets a little bit old after a while. Uh, so Arthur goes to bed, and he has one of those classic Arthur anxiety dreams where uh, the envelope has gotten even bigger while it's in the trash, and it just kind of keeps getting bigger and bigger. Arthur's trying to find places to stash it around the house, like he puts it under the sink. Uh, he takes it up to his room. Um just trying to find anywhere he can to make sure mom doesn't find it. And he almost gets found out, but uh, eventually hides it in the shower. And at this point, it's gotten so big, it's like it's basically like canvas size, like a poster you would hang up. But it gets bigger and bigger as he hides it in the bathtub. Then he and mom get out of the house, and the, and the, the envelope ends up getting so big, it splits the house in two, basically. Yeah, talk about, like, Lynchian. This is a great... It's as blunt as a metaphor can be. Like, the envelope getting bigger is just the personification of Arthur's guilt. But there's just something unsettling about this giant envelope. Yeah, really. And it's and it's also kind of disturbing to think about the implications because, like, Mom and Arthur got out okay, but the rest of the family are still inside the house. And <laughs> just have I didn't to even consider if that. Yeah, if everybody's okay. But then we get the ultimate twist where eventually the, the envelope is becomes bigger than Elwood City itself, and then it opens itself up, and it re- it's revealed to be DW. And in another great performative uh, yell, she points at the camera and goes, didn't you tell mom yet? <laughs> and but it's but it's because DW in real life is bleeding into Arthur's dream, and she kind of asks him at the foot of his bed if he's told mom yet. So finally, he fishes the envelope out of the garbage, 
and he realizes he has to face the music. So he takes it into mom who's working late and uh, hands it to her. And we find out that it's tax documents from Herb Haney. So Mr. Haney's first name confirmed to be Herb. And it's the documents that she's been waiting for all day because presumably she's going to be doing his tax return. So a little, so after all that, it was, you know, not, not involving Arthur at all. And he's very, very relieved. And the end of the episode is, you know, mom reassuring Arthur that even if it was about him, she needs to know. And DW (laughs) was eavesdropping on them from the outside and is wondering what Arthur's punishment is going to be. If he, and if he's going to go live in the garage, if pal's going to go live in the garage and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so let's uh, rewind back. Uh, so DW goes to Washington. This is one we were both looking forward to. Lucas, did it live up? I think so. A lot of times the episodes I've been really looking forward to, they haven't quite delivered. Maybe because I've built them too much up in my mind. Or I just remember specific parts of them. Like, for instance, in Lost, I really was looking forward to the sequence with like the squids on the bus. But the rest of the episode kind of fell flat for me. So I was really pleasantly surprised when DW Goes to Washington really hit as well as I remember it hitting. And maybe it's because I have, like, 90s presidents on the brain lately. But all of that stuff really worked for me. One of the funnier episodes of season two, like, I have tons and tons of notes of DW lines for this episode and even some lines from Arthur's dad whereas if you even look at Arthur's mystery envelope uh, I have far fewer notes so you can tell just from that how many quotable lines are in it but I think it's just kind of a fun like road trip romp through Washington DC even from a Canadian perspective I learned some things so I I thought it was fun my one criticism would be that the Bill Clinton doesn't sound anything like Bill Clinton yeah, you're absolutely right. It's unfortunately not the best Bill Clinton that you're that you'll hear. It's no like Simpsons or even the professional Bill Clinton imitators. But I agree. I think that this episode now we kind of mentioned it before we went on a bit of a hiatus there, but uh, uh, we kind of mentioned that season two not necessarily doing it for us. This is definitely a step in the right direction. This episode was great, and it's definitely one of the season's best so far. Um, I just. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I really think it's a great format for how it turned out. It's like they go to Washington, which is fun. It takes them out of their normal environment. DW is very resistant to it, and we get some classic lines from her. Uh, I, I found that when I was a kid, this did actually help me learn a lot about Washington and stuff that I remember to this day. And then it makes total sense that DW would be the one to meet the president. It's a good opportunity for them to be a little bit current uh, in the time that they made it to kind of um, not even lampoon the present, but just kind of represent him in a manner. And uh, I like how the story ended up there. And I thought uh, I thought this was a really, really great episode, as DW episodes have the potential to be in uh, whatever season they're in. So very good. Now, um, I felt like for the end of for our second story there, Arthur's mystery envelope. You're you're definitely right in that my notes for that episode are are dwarfed by the ones for DW goes to Washington. And I felt like at the end there, uh, it sound it may have sounded like I was rushing through it, but really I don't have anything to say about this. It's not certainly not bad, but it's just so, I don't know. feels kind of, feels kind of stock. It's like, we've seen a lot of episodes about Arthur having anxiety about something. And as much as I can relate to it, it's starting to get kind of old hat. And this episode didn't really bring anything new to the table. It's like Arthur was worried about something then he faced the music, and it wasn't as bad as he thought it was going to be. I feel like we've, se- I feel like we've seen that at least a few times by now. 
I agree with you. Like, this episode's one big... Uh, there's two things that really work for this episode. One, it's a mystery. Even myself, I was like, what's in the envelope? And two, it's got a good moral that you'll beat yourself up over something worse than the actual punishment most times. So it's better to just come clean and not lie about it. But this episode is super oversimplified. Not much happens in it. Arthur gets the the envelope. He worries about giving his mom the envelope. And then he gives his mom the envelope. I think this episode would really benefit from a subplot. Like a side story with DW or one of Arthur's friends. Because without it, it's really thin. One of the thinner Arthur episodes we've watched so far. Yeah, I definitely agree. Thin Thin's a good word to describe it. And uh, But the, I mean, the good thing is, is that it wasn't... It didn't overstay its welcome. I felt that, like, it went by super fast. Mm. And uh, so it at least had the good sense of, like, if it wasn't super interesting, it at least wasn't around long enough for you to get too tired with it. So I think we'd both recommend DW Goes to Washington heartily. Okay, so, uh, yes, that's our episode for today. We're back once again, and we thank you. Uh, quickly, just want to go through our plugs for social media and whatnot, where you can find us online. Uh, Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. On Twitter, we are at ECL Podcast. On Tumblr, ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. If you'd like to send us an email, just like Nancy did for this episode, thank you, Nancy, and if you'd like to be featured on the show or if you'd just like to give us your feedback or anything related to Arthur, an episode we've talked about or an episode we've done, ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com is your number one spot. Now, there's a bit of a different way in order to find us. Um, you can still go to our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash ElwoodCityLimits, but here are the ways where you can listen to us. We are on the Google Play Store, so you can find us by searching Elwood City Limits. You can find us on iTunes by searching the same. And if you please, could you leave us a five-star review and rating? We would really appreciate it. And finally, we are available now on our website. I use that in quotation marks. It's elwoodcitylimits.libsyn.com. That's elwoodcitylimits.libsyn.com, and you can find all of the episodes there and browse through them. I'm not much of a I'm not much of a website designer, so you know, the colors may clash or it may not look exactly you know beautiful or anything. But uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, elwoodcitylimits.libsyn.com. And finally, next week it's going to be. Um, another episode. We are back into what we hope to be a bit of a regular schedule. Next week, this is one I'm a pair I'm very excited about. It's going to be DW's Dear Friend, followed by Buster Hits the Books. So two to look forward to once again. We'd love to hear from you. Get ready for more Arthur images on your feed now that we're back to a more regular schedule. Excuse me. And thank you for sticking with us. Elwood City Limits continues on into season two of Arthur. For uh, Lucas Mancini. Don't break the rules. I don't want the president to be mad at us. <laughs> I'm Will Young. Thanks a lot for joining us and we'll see you next time.